Hello, everybody. Welcome to High Roll Radio, episode number twelve, the live Teamfight Tactics talk show, where you, the viewer, are just as much a part of the show as we are. My name is Nick DePasquale. You may know me as Gangly, and I'm your host. And we have a plethora of wonderful guests this evening. But before we get to them, let me first introduce my constant co-host of the show. It's Old Man Sullivan, Spicy Appies himself. Don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> How you yeah, doing, Sully? Pretty good, pretty good. Just chilling. Excited, uh, excited for the show tonight. We got a lot of cool people on. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So let me just get right into it with who our guests are. We have three of the four North American World Championship representatives in Wajin Iverson, Juku, and Re Replay. Let's just go ahead first, have everyone kind of go around, introduce themselves, say a couple words. Let's start with you, Asian. Uh Sure. Uh, so what's up, everyone? Uh, I'm Wajin Iverson. Uh, and uh, yeah, I qualified to Worlds through Mitsa, and yeah, it's just been grinding since then. All right, Juku, you're up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Juku. Uh, I caught just I just won regionals, so uh, I qualified there. I wasn't expecting to, but I'm really happy to be here. And I think I played out my mind for that tournament, so I think I can perform. Yeah, Thanks. awesome. And we're going to talk all about the regionals runs for everyone, and we'll talk about Weijin's path to Worlds as well a little bit later on. Um, but first, let's introduce Re Replay, the last <laughs> guest of the night. Hi, I'm Re Replay. Um, qualified through Worlds going second in the last regionals. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. So you know what? We have a lot to talk about in terms of regionals. But first, I actually want to hear, Appies, you were not playing at regionals, did not, uh, were not able to qualify for this set, but it did not yes, stop sir. you from making your way onto the broadcast. I actually, I didn't get to hear, but I saw that you were actually on the broadcast for a little bit. Talk about what yeah. happened. They had a Nico and I on. And so... Uh, we, we knew that we were going to be talking a little bit day one going in, but Aniko was working all Friday and, and the new Zelda game came out that Friday too. So I was working all Friday. So we, we went on both of us. I mean, neither of us having watched any of day one, <laughs> just trying to bullshit our way through like the entirety of, of the, uh, the first thing. I, I, so, uh, we had like a little part where like, we had, I guess like our, um, are we, we said, uh, like our predictions for who we thought was going to win, that was going to do well, like a dark horse and our favorites. And interestingly enough, so Malala was my favorite, or was my, my um, like person I really wanted to win. And Malala's in chat right now saying Asian Iverson is looking very breedable and submissive. Uh, which, you know, maybe changing my vote on who, who I would have wanted to win that tournament. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was fun. It was cool. Um, yeah, yeah. We have, a, we have a podcast of pedigree tonight with three, three people going to Worlds. One, one, someone who was in set two fight night and someone who was on the main broadcast. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I kind of want to set the stage, I think, a little bit before we dive into the actual runs of going into the event. And first, before we talk about like how everybody actually did, um, for anyone who may be listening to this at a, at a later point in time, kind of helping people understand the context of where TFT was before the weekend started. And so... I'm going to give my perspective real quick, but I'm going to open the floor to anyone who kind of saw it in a different light. But I think it's fair to say that going into the event, many people saw the top three or at least the top two, the kind of definite top two is Setsuko and Dish Soap is the two people they saw. And then from there, I think there was this kind of gap and then three through five for a lot of people, or at least I know for me, it was kind of this Wajin Iverson uh, re-replay, Kurum, Robin, kind of rounding out that side. And that's kind of where the Don't Talk If You Don't Know power rankings fell. 
Um, so before we talk about the runs themselves, I'm actually curious to hear from, from you guys how you saw the like strength of North America going into the event. Uh, yeah, sure. So I would say like, yeah, pretty similar to what you said. Like uh, if there's anything maybe a bit different, I feel like Ripple Overdrive for me was definitely included in maybe that like second group. Agree, that's, agree, like, actually. Uh, that's going to, so. uh, but yeah, it's like really hard to tell like who's actually the best. Um, but yeah, if I had to guess, like I would probably say something similar to wound up on DK, YDK. Juki, you, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear from you, GQ. I mean, I, I see it as like you know you got the top players, you got Jishin Setsuko. I personally don't value like the old guard players so highly um, because I think they play a little bit outdated and not flexibly uh, compared to a lot of newer players. Um, I remember in in houses I played against Spetham. A few times and he seemed like nuts to me maybe it's just a couple of good games like really festival games um and i was like i think Southam is being underrated relative to the rest of the power rankings and obviously i think region is great i think um like all the the solo queue names i think were more flexible than the old names so those were the people who i thought were going to be good in like the, sort of the middle of the pack and i thought that i was amongst those um, so uh, when Admiral, yeah, when Admiral asked me, I said I was like probably rank, you know, twelfth or so, so it's middle of the pack. Yeah, that's like that's a really cool observation too. The uh, the idea of like like the old guard being less flexible and like the way that we should come back to that at some point. Um, but over here, we replay to you what your, your thoughts were on the power rankings. Yeah, I I feel like my power rankings were like really close to like the don't talk if you don't know power rankings, like the assembling of them. Um, yeah, I, I kind of do kind of with you where like. I thought the old guard was a little lower, and there's a lot of like new names that are played really well this whole set, while like the old guard was not as performing as well in previous tournaments. Happy that you you've been a, a panelist in the past. You were not on this previous one, correct? Yeah, I um I haven't been the last couple times. So I just haven't been following as closely as I probably should be to be a panelist. But I think it, it has to be said too that like and they don't talk, you don't know like like having a power ranking in, in place is really important for the scene, just because it gives people a general idea of like. Yeah, it gives people like something to work for, like if you're as a player, and also like like viewers, particularly if they're coming in for the first time, an idea of like who to look at and, and like where people are, relatively speaking. But I think it is true that like, like there's a lot of um, like, there's a lot of leeway in terms of where people are actually in terms of power level, right? Like I, I don't think uh, like, like, like it's never I don't think it's ever been a don't talk about power ranking that is like spot on. Um, it's just kind of give, to give a general idea, and it just gives something people to talk about, right? Uh, and like a good resource. So I, I think it's it's hard to like subscribe to. It is like, um, and that's why I actually like a lot of the older people. So I think even a lot of the different panelists probably don't actually rate the older people as highly as they they do. But they, you know, like you don't. <laughs> like I think a lot of them, for for example, um, you know, I think a lot of time like like no, no shots like Soji or someone right who's like very very popular, but is generally kind of probably a little too high. And don't talk, don't talk you don't know power ranks compared to like where a lot of people probably actually would put him. Yeah, I think like one other big thing about the power rankings is like um, usually they like tend to take everyone's ballot maybe like a week before the tournament and like uh, that doesn't like sound like that long but actually like um, when there's like new patches every two weeks like playing a patch for one week can like actually change like uh, like basically the rankings and like how good everyone is like it can have such a big impact on that. Yeah, I I for like me, I was good. not good before Wednesday and then after <laughs> Wednesday I became I like ascended and sort of reached back into my like peak form and, and sort of got ready just in time yeah, yeah I, I mean think, uh, I, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. Well, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, you know, even with TFT, we even see it in these long sessions of streaming where like a player is just playing and you can even see like in the tracker that's in the top left hand corner where it just clicked right and like they're they're like bought for like six games in a row then all of a sudden it's like one 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 two three one one well you know obviously they learned something in a very short period of time that allowed them to to perform better so i I think that like what you're saying we makes complete sense to me I mean, two days in TFT is a long time for the meta to change and for player skill to vary. So I think a week is very fair to say that there's going to be a certain level of variance. Sorry, go on. Go ahead, Abby's. Yeah, I was going to say, I think for, uh, as far as like the way to, sorry, someone's zooming outside. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you think it'll next to a highway, but it's just like a, like a city road. Um, so I think as far as like, like looking for very accurate representations of players splitting in time, yeah, I think you can look at the don't have no pot, the don't have no power rankings, but generally I think there's three people to look at and it's, it's Dan's list, Frodan's list, uh, esports law, Bryce, Bryce's list and, and Gangly's list. Uh, I think those three lists are the only three people that I, I expect to actually keep up to date with what's, you know, because the thing is like a lot of people don't actually, that are on those power ranking, uh, like that send in a ballot, don't actually go and watch like, you know, 20 different, people playing every single day or anything like that. And it does change so much every day that I think those are the, the three ballots to look at if you're ever looking to get like a really good picture of like, like up to date picture of where people are at any given point in time. I appreciate that. I don't know if, if I would say my ballot is like the, the best representation of like up to date play. I think I give a different perspective than other players because I tend to, you know, look more at the data, which, you know, and this actually leads to what I was about to say is that one of the cool things about Don't Talk If You Don't Know is it allows us to give a nod to players that we see on the on the up and up. And one of the players that we saw early on in the set in the data performing well, and it really came to fruition this past weekend was re-replay. Um, and if, you know, if I'm going to pat myself on, on the back, I, I do want to just say I was the first person to come out and say, you got to look at this guy. So I might've said this on the last podcast. Someone did tell me that I was trolling for putting re-replay over another player in one of my ballots. And you know what? Here we are today. So, I didn't let you down this time. I didn't let you down. That's right. Yeah. I believed in you, man. And you know what? Miss. Even mid-set finale, when you did get day one, if I remember correctly, didn't you tie with Malala for that Juku spot? Yeah. <laughs> the legendary yeah, Juku spot. Yeah. I averaged like a 4.5 in Malala too, I think. So That's right. That rough. Unlucky. Literally, you would have been final day. You would have had the, the, the Juku buff. Um, so, okay. You know what? TFT is a skill-based game. <laughs> no, it's just about which buff you get. Facts. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about kind of setting the stage for regionals. So let's let's kind of go through, and I hope we don't take up the entire podcast just doing this, but if ever anyone wants to kind of go around real quick and talk about your experience this weekend, you don't need to go through game by game, like by any means. But Weijin, obviously this was not the, the weekend you were looking for. You're still competing at Worlds, and it's not like you bombed out. Like you were very close to that cutoff at day one, unfortunately got eliminated then. But you want to talk a little bit about, about that first day? Oh yeah, sure. So like, honestly, like, uh, I felt like I got pretty unlucky this weekend. Like, uh, it, it felt like my games were very low roll and also it felt like the game was like mentally testing me a lot of the time. Cause like, uh, like the, the one game where I actually had like an insane opener, like that game actually ended up being like a remake. And like, that was before like the Jeez. day got shut off. Like a lot of, and like, there's some other like really crazy stuff that happened. Like, uh, like, Wait, example, were all like, three of us in that remake or no, I think I was in the was remake. Uh, I think maybe more than one lobby remade. I'm not sure. Oh, really. oh I think. Yeah, maybe it was only one. 
at least for my game, like it just didn't load in during that time. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was like pretty tilting experience though. Also, like some random stuff, like loaded dice carousel, like missing all my dice. Like it's like a lot of like like Mort Dog kind of moments. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm like I'm. I feel like I actually prepared like so much for regionals. Actually, I would say like this is the tournament that I prepared for the most out of any tournament. So I was like pretty disappointed with how it ended up. But also felt like it was like a lot of it was out of my control. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sir, it's it's really important to I and mean, I think like like being able to have a you know like like a good attitude about it too like you do is really important because at the end of the day like like stuff will like that will happen in TFT and if you can keep a good mental and, and you know like that's how you be consistent. So let's let's work our way up and talk. Uh, with re-replay I want to hear a little bit about your weekend yeah for mine like I think like the first day like the first four games I was like outside looking in of like the cutoff and then it was kind of stressful because I was like there's no way I'm getting day one here but then the next day came out wrong and like it's just like a streak of lucky games like high rolling and then I feel like from that point onwards like like my average went from like a six to like a three point something in the course of like two days so I feel like a lot of TFT is like you, you prep as much as you can. And sometimes like one day, like you just don't roll well and it doesn't feel good, but other days you roll really well. And cause you prep well, like you can take advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of bouncing off of what Weijin said too, where he's, he's talking about like the, the tournament itself can sometimes be this mental test. Right. And it's like, if you can make it through those moments of low roll, and if you can make those through, make it through those moments of like despair, then there is always something on the other side. It's just really a matter of time. And if you can hold on and salvage enough points to advance long enough to that, you can kind of receive that same high roll. So it's cool that you were able to kind of, you know, make it through day one and then receive the blessings of, of more dog on, on day two. Now, Duke, you obviously the winner of regional regionals. And I think fair to say a name that nobody expected to win the event, but even like, you know, we, well, I'll let you go, but I do just want to say real quick that like high roll aside, you don't average a 2.8, I think it was right. Like a 2.87 by accident, or you don't average 2.8 over 18 games just on high roll. Like, I'm really curious from your perspective on what you feel enabled you to succeed this weekend. Um, yeah. So I think the, the, the linchpin that starts it all is having a good first game, uh, mentally for me, uh, I think I'm a little bit like a results-based confidence. If my first game goes well, then I have confidence. And then like going into future games, if you have confidence and you low roll, you can kind of not take it personally and you don't think it's your fault. You can kind of really take it as it is and you can see the next out. And It's not even from game to game. I always say like the way to play TFT, if you're going to say it's not luck-based, is to preserve enough HP until the high roll happens for you. For you. Right. Um, maybe your stage two board isn't good, but you save 20 HP extra compared to open fording. Uh, you can survive an extra two turns, and maybe in those two turns you hit your two-star carry, and you like your matchmaking is good, and you um, can take it to a top four versus just like tilting and and going eighth or something like that. Um, so definitely for me, the linchpin was getting that really. <laughs> Honestly, easy. I I know some people thought it was a cool line, but I think it was really standard. Like, what was it? It was um, tiny titans underground start, uh, blue buff. Uh, I got my perfect item on carousel because nobody wanted a tear and a sword, so I got my blue buff gunblade on the spot. 
like everything went well for me that game. Uh, I got Axiom Mark 3 too, like it was really easy to play out. And then after that, I just had the confidence to like play my other games, which went well, obviously. But even I think that there's going to be some games that could have not gone well, but because I had the right mental for it, I like was able to either turn into a top three or top four or maybe uh, fifth. I think there was one specific game in the middle of day two. It was just like a Spirit of Exiles threat game, and it was a fifth. It was good. It was good enough, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I have to say. <laughs> For anyone who's listening and didn't get a chance to watch the game that Juku is talking about, just to give you a quick recap, really what happened was, and uh, Juku, step in at any time if you feel like I'm misrepresenting, but from from what I saw, Juku had this Tiny Titans underground start and essentially held his gold through stage three until his cash out, and he stayed level five. And at this cash out, based on the items and the fact that he hit Axiom Mark, he transitioned his whole board into Lulu reroll. And so he had oh. been holding... Yeah, so, so but the decision was made on Hero Augment because you, know, like, you get a little bit trolled by Hero Augment sometimes. Like you play underground, you're hoping for an underground Hero Augment at 3-2. Um, you don't always get it. Like, is that still a good angle for Ezreal? Personally, I don't think so. I know some people would think it's still a fine angle, but I was like, there's no way that I'm going to let myself like fall victim to the variance of when Hero Augment falls. So I was like, okay, well, I'll hold these Lulus. And um, if I don't hit, then I'll just pivot Lulu and it worked out. And also I think Lulu is a higher cap anyway. So um, from, this, from the beginning, it was a Lulu angle, but because of tailoring, if it was a hero augment, then I'm forced to play Ezreal. That's, what's, what, that's what it really was. Makes sense. You know, I think obviously at a high level, maybe it's more standard, but for a lot of people, I think being able to see that game plan in action is a really cool, a really cool thing to see. I think view on the viewership side, it was really awesome to just jump to a board where you're sitting on 80 gold, hit the cash out, sell everything, make the transition. And even if mentally you're kind of preparing, I think it's one of those things where it feels really flashy and really cool to watch, yeah. uh, you know, as a viewer. Yeah, I think that's a big part of getting a high average placement in then is having like your game plan figured out, like you're ready for what the game throws at you. Um, yeah. All right, now, before we move on, one thing I do want to do is explain how this show actually works. Oh, and I don't actually have Nightbot on, so after I ask a question, I'll go ahead and turn that on, but this is a live call-in show, and if you're in my Discord, all you have to do is go on the left-hand side and go into the Submit Takes Topic channel. Put your takes, your questions, your discussion points, anything you really want to bring on the show. Maybe you saw something really cool this weekend, you want to bring it up. Put your take in that channel, and then go into the waiting room and mute yourself. Don't deafen because we need to be able to talk to you when you get on the show, but mute yourself. And then if we like your take, we'll bring you on the show and you can talk to the three wonderful guests that we have on there. So after I, I ask a question, I'll, I'll go ahead and fix the command so that you guys can get the Discord link. Um, actually, Appies, would you be able to just like t put the Discord link in chat? Are you able to do that? Yeah, for sure. Give okay. me two seconds. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, in the meantime... One thing I did, I, I asked the three guests to prepare something for today, which was I wanted everyone on the show to be able to bring us, obviously, because we have the world championship going on, everyone's going to be looking at our representatives. And I really want people to be proud of who we're sending to world. So something I asked all three players to prepare is give us an example of one moment 
in this set, it could be from regionals or it could be from from mid set or whatever that you feel exemplifies why you're going to the world championship. So, Weijin, do you want to you want to start it off? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll start it off. I'll talk about like a game I played like a uh, final lobby mid set, uh, which is basically like uh, it wasn't actually a first; it was a second. But um, yeah, so basically I was angling like communal reroll like very very heavily, and then there's like no hero augment three two. Um, but like kind of what I ended up doing was like um, I knew my spell was bad, so I was kind of just like play strong board, like rolled down for like Camille anyways. Uh, basically, I used like some sort of like hacker Camille to like get to like level eight, and I pivoted into some like weird like four duelist Zed board. Uh, and at the time, like Zed was like very unpopular, and also like anyone who was playing Zed was like playing six duelist Zed. Uh, so I feel like playing like that like four duelist Zed was like pretty creative, and uh, probably not a line like a lot of people would have seen. I uh, saw that, like, and I thought that was intentional. I thought I was like, "Oh, he's using Camille as an item holder for Zed. This is so cool." But I guess it was just on the fly. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I really wanted to play Camille reroll because I think it was like really strong and it's that, like if I remember correctly, like especially the hero augment. But uh, yeah, like once I missed and I kind of missed on my roll down, like I feel like, uh, yeah, like on the fly, just like pivoted into and like did what I had to do, and uh, like I feel like most people would expect that game to be a buff four, but I think it was like a really good second. So some of that new age flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment on Don't Talk If You Don't Know where Deepay was was gassing up Weijin. And he one of the things he mentioned was that he feels like Weijin thinks so quickly and it always makes the right decision on the fly. He was really praising your flexibility and your and your quick thinking. And I, and I think that's such a fun skill to see in TFT. We see that with like, I think Appies is one of the more like public figures of previous sets who kind of brought that up where it's like, well, if your game plan fails, why don't you just problem solve instead of you know, thinking your game is over, right? And I think that that idea of problem solving is so fun to watch. Um, Juku, what about Where's you? Where's FF? I do. <laughs> yeah, FF. Um, <laughs> so I was actually going going to still go with that Lulu game. I think it's the most relatable. Um, just, I think the whole story about this set is how do you play around hero augments? Just like Wajin just said, uh, for, you have a three-two hero augment. If you hit, great. If you don't, like, what if it was three-three-four? Like, you still don't have adaptive defenses. You need to have a game plan. Um, so I think the Lulu game was an example of just having a game plan for specifically hero augments, but I think for everything, um, like, what if you roll and hit? Uh, the Hacker Warrior game was actually another one where um, technically it was a line that I set up. Um, I was going into the tournament playing AD Flex, right? Uh, I was both star. I think the, the the tournament more or less had people who were tier star and AP Flex and people who were both star and AD Flex. So I was both star AD Flex. And I thought, okay, what if I have a Camille or a Pike Augment and I'm trying to hit um, Jin, but I hit Warwick instead. It's like, do I play Hack Warwick? And I kind of had that plan on Wednesday, I think, and I never practiced it. I kind of wrote down, I should try to practice this and see if it actually works. But then the, the line came um, on, on the final day of regionals, and I actually took it, and it worked out just fine. I have to ask real quick. So this is this on the spreadsheet? Because I know you're. It, it is on the spreadsheet. I went okay. into after the game. I went to highlight where I wrote it on the spreadsheet to say it was premeditated. <laughs> Do you mind is if this... I ask, like, oh, yeah, sorry, I was saying, like, like, what made like gave you the idea to make like a, a spreadsheet? How effective has that been? Um, the spreadsheet was really. I kind of forgot how to roll for temple. I realized like I was playing really poorly going to mech cup because. Um, the other Soli, Soli uh, TFT, and I were prepping together, and it was patch. It was 
third day of Mech Cup was right after the patch. And right after the patch, everyone was playing Kai'Sa. And Lulu was really good into Kai'Sa because you have this like mega declaw like Pantheon tank. So we were playing a lot of Lulu, and then everyone started playing Mech, and Lulu is really bad into Mech. So we both bombed out pretty quickly. I mean, I, I managed to make day uh, four just barely, but my mental was already like screwed because our prep went to like, went to uh, shit. Uh, forgive my language, but um, <laughs> I, I kind of had forgotten how to play the game. So I was like, oh, you know, something I need to like relearn how to roll at six and roll at seven. So I went through every comment said, what do I need to roll for at six and seven? And that's how the spreadsheet was born. And I think that was the burst of inspiration that made me like suddenly a better player for, um, for, that's for so cool. the regionals. A legendary spreadsheet. You should sell this spreadsheet to new no, no, to no. Kai. No, so many, so many. So I streamed like for the first time, like for a non-tournament and non-double bladed thing. Uh, yesterday and froden raided me so i had like 400 people in my chat and people were just like oh can you share the spreadsheet link and i was like i don't believe in spreadsheet gaming so no i am not going to give you the spreadsheet <laughs> nice <laughs> all right let me let's let's move on to re-replay and you've been waiting there i want to i definitely want to hear from you so what's your moment yeah i think my moment was uh day day three of regionals on the second game i was like high rolling early game playing spell slingers and then I went, went to like a 4-5 roll down, rolled like 50 gold, missed, hit like zero TFs. I was like, my spot went from a first to I'm playing for top four. Um, I think near like stage, like end of stage five or so, it ended up being like me, Juku, and Setsuko, all like two lives, 30 HP or like probably like 20 HP or so. And I look at everyone's spots, like Juku is like level nine playing mech, Setsuko is level nine, I think it was playing Jin. And I'm just here with my TF2 level eight, like super bad. Like it's just like, a, like a four five, like end of four five, like spell singer board. I'm like honestly, a third year is pretty good. But like I, I managed to like, like opposition Sutsuko in one fight where his pike went the wrong side. I zapped his his gin, and then the next two fights, uh, Juki was playing like a, like freaking mech with hook. And it, it's like kind of not just a, a position around a hook when you're playing Locket to Ox Force, because like you don't want to put your frontliners in the back line. Um, so then I, I like pulled out like this positioning where like I shifted my frontline to the right, so I can only have pull like one backliner to like back left. So yeah, that way I can only like I can still like keep Locket value for most of my frontliners. Only I have to take one back. And I also has Zephyr, and I have Zephyr left side, which kind of makes it so. Oh, if he puts his mech right side. Oh god, I remember this game. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> if you put your mech right side, like you're not gonna stun my TF and my Nico, but if you put your mech left side in front of my TF and Nico, you're you're probably getting Zephyred because you only have like two frontliners or whatnot. And I thought you uh so I thought you read where my mech was going to be by where I put my front line. I mean, where I put my back line because I shifted my back line right and so I moved my mech right and behind and you predicted that and you still won the 50-50 whatever I I wasn't prepared for it I was yeah whatever you, except for my mech and you won the game that's that's it yeah. that, was, that was actually the moment that I was hoping you would bring up where you play that was the uh, that was the one that stood out to me I, I actually I normally don't get to watch regionals when it's happening this time I actually got to watch it at least I watch most of these live and the rest on Monday morning and that that uh those two fights in particular I think were such an amazing example of like this more like macro and micro play of like understanding how the units work what gives you the option coverage and then actually being able to pull it off 
um, to get two really key zephyrs that allowed you to stay alive and, and lock in like that. That was it second or what did you end up third? Oh, I ended up first because oh, I, I beat won that two game. fights. Yeah, it was like a kind of unjust first though because like I'm yeah. pretty sure from that spot like everyone's going third. Like I I I thought I kind of resigned to a third place that game, but I was like I have a zephyr like I might as well like try to cook something up here that would win the fight. And like I think what was actually good about the positioning was like even if your mech doesn't get zephyred, I feel like like I probably have the highest chance of win the fight because the mech is probably positioned like incorrectly, I guess. Like even like when you second line the mech, if, even if you don't get Zephyr, like you kind of run into problems where like you're not, you're not starting the TF, which is like another big factor in the fight. Yeah, yeah I'm just hacking the mech value early enough in the fight anyway. So I think yeah. uh, I guess a really cool example. Of, I think a lot of people have like, this misconception of positioning is like good positioning being oh I I like moved last second and avoided the Zephyr. I, oh I'm I'm like moved last second and avoided getting jumped by assassins or whatever, right? Like they, they associate good positioning with like this last second like you know, quote unquote outplay, but it's kind of like, you know, like, like, you know, you move last second and then like you get the right matchup and don't get, you know, the, you play the sin was on the wrong side kind of thing. But good positioning is really just like finding the, it's like finding the best way to not have a bad situation no matter what, right? It's like finding the thing that, that beats everything. That's good positioning, which is not like a lot of like last second micro. It's just like this kind of macro understanding of like where things need to be to make a fight go well. I want to hear a little bit about that moment in the tournament. And Weijin, obviously, this this for you happened at mid-send. So um, maybe there's a different way we can kind of frame this question. But for re-replay and Juku, tell me about that moment where you realized this was locked in. You're going to Worlds. Um, for for me personally, like I don't really trust like the spreadsheet they have out there because like sometimes they don't divide the numbers correctly. Sometimes they don't like add the, the numbers correctly i'm just like like basically like every game even up for the last game where i like did the math i was like i'm pretty sure i'm guaranteed but like in my head i was like i don't know like maybe they added a point somewhere i don't deserve a point and they're gonna take it away so i was like <laughs> i was stressed the whole time to be honest Wait, i still don't know why roby got his point taken that uh during lc was it lcq yeah it was lcq like i have no idea what happened oh, there for asking oh. uh in discord uh, right yeah I'm, oh yeah i i, I still he, know he got like a a mech spat off of Tome while playing like Gnar and um he, he asked in Discord, like like we have like a big Discord with like a bunch of players and stuff. Uh he basically just asked like, Oh, am I supposed to mech my Gnar in this spot? And like oh. no one even answered him, but like obviously like asking for like assistance was, like, What the heck? It's that coaching. Loud, so. What the heck? It's coaching. Yeah. yeah. All right. um, I'll do it. Yeah, they're at, do it. Also, just to follow up on that, uh, I actually messaged. <laughs> I I was told by chat that re replay was locked in because I was like, "Oh, is re replay in in world?" And they're like, everyone in chat's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, he's in world." And so I messaged him and I'm like, "Hey, man, congrats on making world. It's going into game six, by the way. With the, like, the tournament's <laughs> not over." And and I'm and I'm like, "Hey, man, congrats on making world. Do you want to come to Hyrule Radio? Like, we're having all the world reps on, blah blah blah." And then Yenwei from from Giant Slayer messages me and's like, "Hey, just so you know, re replay is not locked in." <laughs> and so, uh, if 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 that one percent scenario doomsday happens and re replay does not make world and I'm this there messaging him like, showing up on a high roll radio, oh god! Oh, thankfully we dodged disaster. I'm pretty sure I was actually locked in. Like there was like a chance like if Molly goes first, I go eighth. We have like the same average placement or something. But like, I thought like because I had more first or something like my I win tiebreakers. But like yeah, like I just didn't want like like that's kind of close. Like, if I get one point taken off for some reason, I'm I'm done. So yeah, I was surprised you actually responded to me. 
You were like, oh, wait, am I locked? And I'm like, wait, are you not locked? <laughs> um, um, yeah, go yeah. for it, Juki. Let's hear from you. So I was locked after game four. They didn't announce anything until game five, but um, sort of in my group, uh, we figured that the only way I lose average placement after game four was if Sesiko goes 1-1 one, one and I go 8-8. Eight, eight. And then if that happens, no one could have scored enough points to overtake, uh, to, to I forget the exact number, but like to overtake re-replay, who would be the next threat for average placement, mm. right? So so I was locked in after game four. So um, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then they finally announced it after game five because then I was super locked. <laughs> and I was like, great, this is like, I was like going around my house, like yelling, like, I did it, I did it. Uh, and then I would go, come back to play my game. Um, so, and then obviously the final game, I was like blessed by more dog and everything just landed in my lap and I was able to sort of close it out. So um, I didn't really have, I, I remember watching the EMEA finals uh, on Monday and like all the people were like super emotional like they start crying when they made it and i'm like oh, I, I didn't do that i'm sorry <laughs> i mean jumping around your house and like yelling is, is a pretty awesome response it's the kind of thing where like man i know obviously it changes things but like it would be so fun to be able to see this kind of stuff in person right to like see someone pop off from their computer <sighs> we need more yeah DFT yeah we ec4 DC4, and for anyone who didn't know, I thought Bosso Skills was the only tri-state competitor competing at regionals, and it turns out we had one more in the field. It was Juku. Juku now officially, unofficially, tri-state's best player. Uh, out of the way, Bosso. Uh, for now. For now. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? And I do want to actually just really quick uh, give a shout out to Bosso Skills, who had a great weekend, just barely missed out. Final lobby had a really good showing. And I, I want to say the only reason Bosso didn't make it is because he got griefed so hard by Kindle Gem in one of the games. I don't know if you guys saw it, but basically Bosso and Sox were very clearly um, like forcing or like had a spot that was just very clearly angling Warwick. So it's two two way contested going into stage three. On stage three, there is a Warwick on carousel. Kindle Gem, who's playing super open at the time, takes the Warwick from Sox to grief him. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to play Warwick. <laughs> so so he opts into three way contesting Warwick. And then and then he hits Warwick. Sox hits Warwick. And Bosso does not ever hit Warwick two and goes eighth. It was so, so unfortunate. <laughs> So you know what? Yeah, shout Indeed. out to Bosso. <laughs> um, Wajin. So let's talk about this this moment for you because I think one way we can kind of frame it, unless you have a specific thought, is that going into this weekend, you are competing against the field. But coming out of it, you now have three teammates who on a, in a way you've kind of been waiting for for the last couple months, right? <laughs> Um, well, I, I'm curious to know kind of your perspective, what that feels like to now kind of have, obviously I'm sure you have your traditional study group that you've been prepping with, but now you kind of three other players who you may or may not have been working with up to this point in time. Do you kind of feel more inclined to work with the other North American reps going into worlds? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like out of the world's reps that qualified, I guess re replay was really the one that I actually like talked to before because we like uh, played a lot of scrims together, like leading leading up to regionals. Um, yeah, I, I, in terms of like you know like talking and studying and prepping with other world's reps, like I'm usually not someone who takes like a big initiative in those ki kinds of things. Like I'll be like, oh, if someone invites me to, someone asks me to prep with them, I'm like, oh yeah, sure, of course, I'm done like water view, but never really organized these things before. So I'd kind of just say it depends on. Uh, whether other people are like taking that initiative and like trying to organize stuff. But I mean, I'm definitely down to like uh, prep with other people. We're uh, like a dating show now. <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like, get, well, getting the, the world reps together <laughs> so they can all, and, all and study. Obviously, Satsuko's not here. I think we should give him a little bit of attention too, because it's, it's really only fair that Satsuko, I think, who many considered one of the two favorites, and you could even argue was actually the favorite over Setsuko in, in, the, in the sense of him having the best average placement across the entire set, tying Robin Song for the best individual performance in a single set in TFT history. Like Setsuko popped off this set and rounded it out with a qualification for Worlds. Um, I don't think we can stress enough how impressive Setsuko's run this set has been, and he deserves all the credit. And I think so many people... Obviously, obviously, everyone in the final lobby deserved a spot at Worlds and had a real shot at it. But Setsuko qualifying for Worlds, I think, was such a poetic ending to the tournament and feels really good as a North American to see him finding success. I don't know how you all feel about that. I definitely yeah. agree. Um, Super well learned. I, I definitely learned a lot from Setsuko. I uh, I'm obviously watch his stream, but he plays these kind of lines that no that other people don't believe in and but he believes in like he'll play a lot of jacks like it's funny to play jacks but he actually makes it work every so often um he played so he played often. yeah he plays huh <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> makes it work every so often not all the time sorry go on <laughs> oh not that i mean if you can get first with it like two times and it goes fourth oh like Blurred. uh and then goes like eighth with it like four times that's like a, more than me i would go eighth with it, like six times instead um so uh so he has that and then he like played mech belveth after he got nerfed and no one was really playing it but he still believed in it so it was like he for me was like a type of player who really has confidence in what he knows how um is good and plays it and I still was set by VOD reviewing him, and that helped me for the tour for this tournament for sure. So I'm like super glad he he's playing because, uh, you know, for for variance, um, you if you want to make sure you're in the top quarter, you need to play uncontest uncontested, and he's really good at that. Um, going back to what we were talking about before with this idea of going into the event, you're. You're competing against each other and then go coming out of it your your teammates i i guess i'm just curious if anyone of the world's reps like kind of feels that level of camaraderie i don't know like i feel like as a spectator i feel that where it's like i had favorites going into this event where it's like i really want i'm not gonna like say who am I, who am I, you know, who I'm rooting for? One of them's here. Robin but... Songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess everyone kind of knows. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like I, there are players who where it's like, I want these players to do well. But coming out of it, it's like, no, I'm rooting for North America and these are the representatives that earned it. So 
So this is like our package now of Setsuko, Weijin, Jukyu, and Re-Replay. You are now representing North America collectively. Like, I don't know, like there's a certain weight to that. And I'm curious to know if you guys feel that too. Uh, to me, like, I don't actually feel like that much regional pride. So I don't, I don't know. Canadian. Like, Boo, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm Canadian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, I don't know, be- beating EMEA, beating like China. Like, I, I don't really care that much. I just want to like do do the best that I can do. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think um, I think regional pride is that that I think like as a spectator, and really when a lot of like like viewers from Kipti, I'm sure come they they come from league originally and stuff like that. I think there's like as a viewer, there's a, this sense of a regional pride, like oh man, we're gonna you know, like you know like NA is the best, EU teeth, etc. In chat, right? Um, but when you're up there, I imagine like you just you just want to win for you, right? Like you don't really care about North America or about, and that that's I think that's that's fine, right? I think that's uh. Um, like I think that's kind of expected to be honest, because at the end of the day, it is like a it's a single player game. Uh, it's like a, you're you're on a one man team, I guess, right? And it's PV multiplayer, but um, yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think, I think it's very reasonable to just want to play for yourself. Re replay. Did you have any any thoughts on that? If not, we can move on. Like I, I kind of like I think first and foremost, I kind of agree. Like I, I want my own performance to to do well. But, like. I, if I was to choose between like someone from NA or someone from not NA winning worlds or like doing well in words, like it's, it's I kind of want NA to do well. I've kind of heard, I, I didn't play the past few sets, but I've heard like see China's winning every single worlds. That, that doesn't feel too great. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a big NA stan. I think, I remember, stand, baby. yeah, I remember watching <laughs> uh, set four world and this is, that's a set set that China won for the first time. And I was like, they're not even good, <laughs> but, they, but they won. Uh, so it feels so like unjustified for me. Like we, I thought NA was the best for a long time, um, with the exception of Double Sixty One. That guy was cracked. Uh, he deserved to win that, that for sure. But I felt like Set Four could have, like any region could have won, and I felt like it should have been us. Set Five. Okay, to be fair, the, the China started pulling ahead, but I think like we were sort of right behind them just trying to keep up so I, I personally and also because of watching a lot of league of legends and always having that regional pride thing for league of legends and never quite making it in league of legends i i want tft to be the game that um north america is good at so i have a lot of regional pride and i think it's better for me mentally as well because if I, if I don't put too much pressure on myself to perform specifically then i can like just go out there whatever i get is what i get but play my best and don't worry too much about it. That's going to be like a hell of a lot of motivation too, right? Because you're like, oh man, I'm going to be the guy who like wins worlds for NA for the like. You will be Mr. NA, <laughs> you know. So it almost puts like more pressure on you, right? Like I'm winning for NA and not just like for one person. It's kind of scary. Like person to person, right? Whether that that alleviates it or or becomes more more motivation. I I um, want to. Oh, go for it. I was gonna say I'm old. I, I think I've already achieved enough. I'm like 29. <laughs> like I wasn't expecting to do this well. Uh, oh, let's I think go I late showed... 20s. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, so I I think I sh- tell myself that I should be happy winning regionals and um, whatever happens in the world happens in the world, right? I think that that is a very fair outlook for all of you. All four of you have accomplished incredible things this set. No matter what happens at Worlds, you should be proud of yourself because we are. 
one last question before we move into calls, and I appreciate all the patience from those who do have takes, because I know there actually are a handful of people who who have things they want to well, talk let's about. Go. So the it's last fine. thing, and I actually I want to pose this to Affies first. Do you think this is the strongest group of players we're ever sending to Worlds? We've ever sent to Worlds. I think NA is just getting stronger and stronger. I have no doubt that everyone's playing Worlds this like this set. Like right now, was better at TFT than anyone who ever went to Worlds in NA before. Because um, like I feel we're just getting so much better every single set. So yeah, I, I'd say it's our strongest. It's our strongest lineup. But like relative to the to the rest of the relative to the. I mean, I I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I believe in them. I, I believe in all in U three and sets a lot. So uh, I, I think it'll go well at the very least. Then you guys are very three. strong. How do you guys? I I know like re replay. You were kind of out of the game, so you, you weren't following super closely the last couple sets. But I'm curious to know from from the three of you how you feel. I always uh, thought I knew it was good, so uh, I think <laughs> it's the same as always. We just need to perform on the day of. Yeah, I would say it's like hard for me to say because I don't really watch like uh, too many worlds before. I think I watched like set seven worlds, and that was like about it. And okay. like it was at like 3 a.m. So I wasn't even like watching it live until I was like kind of like watching it back. So yeah, it's, it's just hard for me to say because I, I haven't seen enough worlds. Yeah. I'm actually curious. Wait, does anyone know? Wait, Athies, are you a mod? Does anyone, I, I want to like put a uh, poll in chat. I don't no, know how to I, do that. Is anyone I, able? I, I'm like about to just mod the first person I, who says that they'll make a poll. Here, um, wait, mod me. I'll make it. I'll make it. How do I mod you? Oh, you are mod. Like, wait, or do you slash mod spicy Appies? Oh, God. <laughs> podcast listeners i'm so sorry yeah. i will say i think the um in my opinion probably the strongest line i think we've had before this one at least um going to worlds is probably um i think set four i think kevin and ramkev was just like yeah he was we like the best and yeah I, I think kevin in the form he was in that set was the best form we ever had a player go to worlds in uh with maybe like like milk one tricking cled being like the next best but, that was so hype oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's hard to say i i actually think Four, five, and this set are the are the three strongest. It's four being Socks, Ramkev, Kurum, and DQA. Five it is being Socks one trick uh, Master Yi that set. Was that set three? That was set three. Set, set, set three. three. He, okay. he one tricked. Um, okay. We had DQA. We had Socks, Kurum, um, and Ramkev. Yeah, that was a good lineup. Yeah, really and lineup. then okay, set two minute pull. Here we go. And and then set five we had Kur, um, Robin, Milk, and Spencer. Which I also thought was like, it felt handpicked. Like that that lineup felt like yeah. crazy stacked. But I feel like if you could, if you broke down who we're sending to Worlds right now, it feels like three players that three of the four players that people would handpick to go to Worlds. I think like Weijin re replay and Tetsuko, many people would have just sent if we could send people. And then Jukyu, who's coming off the most dominant tournament performance we've ever seen. Like maybe, I don't know if we've ever seen someone average a 2.8. I feel like maybe Kyvix last set was I think like I something was, similar. I was told that um, we tied in okay. average placement. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to me, it's like we're sending three out of four handpicked people plus someone who has shown such a crazy level of dominance on this patch. And whether you say that's high roll or not, what that tells me is that if Jukyu hits the rolls to enable him to, to, to play, he's going to compete with the best. So to me, it feels like this is a really insane um, lineup, and I'm excited to see you all in the World Championship. Drive down to New Jersey for the watch party. 
<laughs> I am thinking about it. I, I, I would love Sunday Night like, Football. <laughs> that's right. No, we all just go to Juku's house. We just yeah. we watch There's in person. One couch for everybody. It's a very that's small right. couch. All right. One, so one quick thing gonna... is like no no flame to myself. I I don't know if people would handpick me to to go to Worlds. To oh, be honest. I I think if they look at stats, then, then they would. Yeah, because the thing is, yeah. Gangly's like the stats guy. Like he, I think, he knows on paper how good everyone is, where like like other players try to feel it out more. Um, yeah, I think my, my stats over the, the split are quite good, but like I feel like... That's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's how I was rated. Exactly. They weren't good. Well, I mean, I was to, be, to be fair, a lot of people in, in NA would probably handpick like Skara, Boxbox, and like... I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so true, obviously. <laughs> So, all right, let's go ahead and bring on bring in our first caller. But wait, actually, before we bring in callers, we have a very special part of the show, <laughs> because for anyone who didn't uh, see this, we now have a new portion of the show called the High Roll Radio Mailbag, where you. Yeah, and I'm not singing it yet, but we're going to have a jingle at some point, I promise. And so we are we actually invited people to call in with their takes. Leave us a message on anchor.fm slash Hyrule Radio, and you can leave us your takes in case you can't watch live. And we got one question from Miss Kana, uh, one of the most beloved TFT commun- community members who isn't able Everybody's to watch live. Mom. Everybody's yeah. <laughs> mom. And so I'm going to play her message live on the show. Hopefully you guys can hear this. Was currently attending my alma mater. Who do you think is the next Canadian who will qualify for TFT Worlds? All right. Hopefully, you guys could hear that. And if you could not, the question is for Wajin: Who is the next Canadian to make Worlds, wow. and why? Yeah, so, okay. So my head is telling me that like it's going to be you know Goobums is going to be back at Worlds, or or maybe Clear is going to make it to Worlds. But what my heart is telling me is that Showtime is going to make it to Worlds. <laughs> Let mine go. <laughs> now I know uh set nine is his set, yeah. You said you said before like you don't really have a certain sense of community, uh of like regional pride, but do you feel that way with like Canada versus the US? Uh well the reason that like I would feel that way about Canada is because like I don't know, I feel like I'm actually like like close friends with like a lot of the Canadian TFT players. And like we've even like, you know, like met up before a few times, so so like just from actually being friends with them, maybe I feel like some sense of that, but not because we're a Canadian, just because we're friends, I would say. Yeah, totally fair. All right, with that said, let's start bringing on some callers. All right, Lawrence is here. Lawrence, where are you calling from? Hello, uh, I'm calling from Oregon. All right, and what do you want to talk about? All right, uh, so this is mostly fruition, but it's still a broad question to even potentially some of the people in chat that were participating in all of these tournaments throughout the set, uh, including set eight. Um, how does it feel with a world spot being given to the mid-set uh, winner instead of all of the spots being given to somebody at the point five finale? Also, real quick, it does seem like I'm getting uh, an echo from from uh, re-replay. Just a heads up. I don't know. I don't know how bad that is, but I'm hearing it a little bit on my end. So I don't know if maybe that's a Discord thing, but we'll figure it out. Um, but Weijin, you heard the question? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, personally, of course, that I'm going to be slightly biased towards saying it's a good thing, but I think it's actually something that was um, decided upon, like by like almost like a poll of like a lot of top players. 
Uh, and basically everyone just felt that like um, having that world spot upper stake would make mid set like a lot more interesting and like a lot more hype, uh, like garner a lot more interest. Whereas like if it's just for money, I feel like um, that could be like pretty uninteresting to some people. So uh, yeah, I feel like it just makes mid set uh, a lot more like hype to watch and just uh, a lot more like the players are a lot more invested in it as well. Yeah, super good change both as a player and as a uh, viewer, I think. It's a lot more. Lot yeah, I more think it's, it, sorry. Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, it's a little bit, oh, a little bit of a lesser of two evils kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's not great, but we we do have point five sets still, so you don't want it to be pointless. Um, so I mean, in a couple of sets, we will just have one world, I guess. I don't know. So, um, I'm mean, one set per set, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. So it won't be a problem anymore if you think there's a problem with it now. Re replay. I don't know if you have any any different thoughts on it. No, I have nothing besides that. Go. It kind of makes me set like worth playing for way more because like mm -hmm. if there was like at the very least like you need qualifier points, but I think those are only interesting to the players. So I feel like for like, the viewers, it makes way more sense. Yeah, I probably yeah. would have just not even competed. I would have just went on my cruise and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? There's nothing on the line. You guys just have fun. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a. Uh, I mean, the reason I kind of asked the question is I'm a big. Um, formatting like nerd when it comes to these sorts of things and it's like what i looked at it as is i am if i'm if i'm structuring this i'm trying to make na as a region better and by uh, not just for this world if we're trying to win this world perhaps we should send somebody from entirely the 8.5 uh finale but by having a spot in the 8.0 we're making it where players are having to really care at all points in time and so theoretically there should be players really trying um, throughout the entire set. So that's why I actually personally <laughs> really agree with it and think it's great. I think it's really cool to have players uh, care that much. Um, so I was really curious to how you all had felt about that. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that um, you know it makes me think about is the fact that we're going to be having these like single sets and getting rid of 0.5s. It obviously, like Juki was saying before, it's almost like we're kind of holding out until that changes. Um, but until then, it does kind of feel like I don't want to, I don't know if necessary evil is like going too far, but you know, even like we've seen it before where like playing the 0.5 for basically nothing, right. Just like doesn't feel good at all. And, and, and I feel like we've always kind of seen this imbalance of like one of the 0.5s has more than the other. Like if I remember correctly set five, it was like every tournament that mattered was in set five and then 5.5 didn't even have any tournaments, I think. Right. It was something like that. So I think like that mismatch has always felt really weird. And even though it may not feel perfect personally, I, I mean, I'm also uh, in agreement that like it, it, it makes sense for where we're at right now. I, I want to add that I don't think it matters how well you perform specifically at regionals. Specifically, um, for instance, uh, Mecha Cup was only like two weeks before regionals, um, you, we, we could just take the winners of Mecha Cup and throw them directly into uh, Worlds if we wanted to. It's like, so, so like a two-week cadence, whoever, someone could be good in one patch and worse in the next patch. Um, they could just have a better mental, the next like tournament. It's like not really a, a objective, like this is the best person we could possibly send. You don't, you don't know until... Yeah, like being good at regionals is no better of an indicator of how we'll do at worlds than being good at mid set. Yeah, 
because there's and like Contail almost made final lobby, and he basically had not played since Defender Cup. Like he does not play the game. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, I think he tweeted that himself. <laughs> uh, Lawrence, did you have any follow up or anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think that uh, mostly took care of it. I I relatively predicted how it would feel, but I wanted to kind of hear it from all the players themselves of how that kind of felt actually happening because I, I love this sort of stuff. Um, so that's really all I, I uh, kind of came in with. All right. Well, anything you want to shout out before you go? Uh, I think what I'll do with my shout out actually is shout out uh, this sort of podcast in general um, hosted by yourself and Appies. Uh, I have more and more, I, I myself help a lot and, and run tournaments for players. I I really like being able to showcase people and, and kind of put a face to the name and make people care about the player um, coming in. So I think doing something like this, having three of our world's reps uh, right here and we're watching and listening to all y'all able to do stuff is really cool. Um, and so I'm really thankful that you're able to put this on. Hey, well, you know what? If anyone does not already know about of who I feel like most people know who Lawrence is, but if you don't already, Lawrence is the one that runs Aegis Esports League that does a lot of the amateur uh, events in TFT, really high quality stuff. They put a lot of care and love into it. And so right back at you, Lawrence. And, you know, speaking of content, I, I saw recently, I actually, I did not get a chance to watch it, but you guys started putting out long form interview content as yes, well. Yeah, we did the Owen, who, who the F is Owen TFT? We went and put out a full <laughs> long form of that. We really rode that train, so. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? I think you and I um, are mutually aligned in like where we really see value in TFT. And I think that it's really awesome that you're the one putting a lot of effort into it as well. So thank you for the kind words, Lawrence. And we'll catch you next time. Yep, of course. Of course. See you later. All right, let's just go straight into, I feel like we're kind of on a roll now with, with callers. Let's just go right into the next one. CLE, another Aegis uh, uh, parallel character, also commentator for TC3, Jack CLE. I don't know exactly what you go by, but you're here. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, the CLE itself. I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. All right, well, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, you know, just after this weekend and watching some EMEA finals, watching the NA regionals as well, uh, I just want to ask you guys, how much have you looked at everyone else that's qualified and how free is it? <laughs> Talk some shit. <laughs> Who's starting? Uh, who qualified? Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I know Jing is back. Jing, Jing oh. is back from EU. Um Canbiz, I believe. How do you spell Jenkin? Is, is it F R E E? Okay, so I know Jing, Canbiz, and Enzo. Who was its last slot for EMEA? Uh, Hayden. Hayden, the Swedish Hayden. player. Okay. I don't remember seeing anything questionable while watching EMEA finals, personally, but there were some questionable things about other of the play some of the other players there. That's why I have to say. Um, so maybe uh, maybe LCQ will be free. Go Roby and go Kindlejim, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about them after, after this, actually. A re-replay evasion. You guys have any thoughts on the other regions? Uh, yeah, sure. Like, uh, it's kind of hard to talk about like regions other than China, because I mostly watch like China and NA. But uh, in terms of China, like I don't know. I think they're sending like, a pretty decent cast. I think we're pretty lucky. Like Here we go. Um, he was like sixth, um, so he's at LCQ, but he didn't like directly qualify to Worlds. And he was like pretty much considered like by far the best player in the final lobby and like by far the favorite. 
So I mean, I, I think it's like kind of a good thing for us that like uh, he didn't make it. Um, in terms of like watching C in regionals, like I saw some like really good plays, but I also saw some like like crazy like unfathomable plays. So uh, yeah, I guess China was like kind of unpredictable, kind of hard to tell how it's gonna go. Dude, I saw here we go's numbers. Let me tell you, that guy's got stats. It was like <laughs> I think he averaged sub three over like. I mean, it was it was a it was a, re- a reasonable sample size, and his average was like two point nine or something insane like that. Like, move yeah, out of the way, like, replay. <laughs> yeah, he was also insane on super server, like uh, this set and last set. Mm. And he was like top ten in like, both, both of them or something. Re replay. Did you get a chance to watch any of the other regions? I follow pretty much nothing of any other region, so I think you don't have to. You don't have to. It's yeah. Fine. I, I aren't the best players in NA, so I don't really see the point of watching other regions. So. Facts. That's what I'm saying, man. I feel that. <laughs> now, ta- um, and Jack, I'm going to hijack your your take a little bit to kind of transition into LCQ, because I feel like that's something we should talk about. And we haven't really, because um, obviously we have Robivan and Kindle Gem representing NA. And actually, Jackie, I don't know how much you got to see of them, but if you want to hop into, if anyone doesn't know, Jack or CLE is one of the commentators for Aegis League and like I said, said before, also one of the commentators for TC3. So a, a trusted and knowledgeable figure in the scene who obviously can can uh, put your opinion out there. But how do how do all of you guys feel about Roby and Kindle Gem representing NA at LCQ? Uh, let's go! Yeah, let's go! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it could have been anyone and I'd be pretty happy, to be honest. I, again, I think like NA is just a very good region right now. I think having Kindle Gem is amazing because he's the ultimate griefer. So he's going to guarantee that Roby gets a spot. That's how I see it happening. Yeah, I think uh, Roby has like the super high cap playstyle where sometimes he's just like, he pops off. Sometimes he picks questionable lines like Wind of the Wanderer. But I know it worked for him during... Uh, LCQ, but that was a different patch. It is not good. <laughs> um, and him taking it that one game was probably his like doom for 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 regionals. But like he he's a great player, so I think he'll do well. I think um, you know I think it's worth acknowledging that of the final lobby, I think a lot of people probably, and I hope this doesn't sound uh, worse than I'm intending it to, to come out, but I think a lot of people really wanted to see Ripple Ripple Overdrive and Malala um, in those LCQ slots. I think that if people could kind of pick who they would have sent out of the LCQ, knowing what happened with the world's reps, Ripple and Malala would have been there. And so I think we're kind of in an interesting spot where just optically it and I, and like someone step in if I if I'm like if it sounds like I'm flaming them because I'm really not. But like optically, I think it does kind of feel like we're not sending the strongest players going into that lobby because we don't really know that much about Kindle Gem. And Roby, like Juju has pointed out, like does have some very high highs, but also some very low lows. Yeah, like personally, I'm like close friends with uh, Milala, so I would really would have liked to see him uh, make LCQ. I think it would have been also really fun to prep for Worlds with him. And like uh, I also know that he's like, like, uh, like the caliber of player he is is like definitely like good enough. And I think he just slow rolled like really hard on the last day. And like last day is like the most important day. So yeah, kind of unlucky. I'll do it. I'll yeah, I'll do it. I kind of feel the same thing because I was like prepping with DP and Ripple, and 
and both of them were really close, and both of them were really great players, I think. It's just feel bad they didn't make it, but like everyone in A is really good, so it's kind of just luck of the draw at the end. I will say something that feels good, at least from the outside looking in, is with the final day, it feels like there's a lot to play for with the LCQ spots. Like, even when you have like this massive low roll day, it still feels like reaching because what LCQ would have been fourth and fifth place or fifth and sixth. It was how did it work? It was it was fourth, fourth, and, fourth fifth. and fifth. Yeah, like that still seems reasonable on a low roll day, right? That like if you're playing really really well when you're low rolling, like you probably can squeeze out a fifth if you like you know play perfectly and make the most out of everything you get. And I think that does feel really good, even though. Obviously, it's not like, you know, there's no guarantee that there's no there's no guarantee against low rolling in TFT. But I, I like that we're playing for a lot on that final day. I kind of that, I think that also like kind of takes the pressure off, too, because like going into the last day, I was like top two sounds kind of hard. But I thought about some more. I was like, if I go fifth, like that's not even that bad. Like I didn't lose yet, I guess. So I was like, like kind of whatever going into the game. I was like felt a lot less pressure. I really? Uh, OK, I feel like um. Okay, I'm not personally like I'm not really a big fan of like the LCQ change of making it like um one slot from two because it just feels like um it's like so hard to like to like like the thoughts that the best player in LCQ actually goes first is like it's not even that high, right? I feel like yeah. oh, the, the best part is I, like, I didn't know they made that change. So wait, <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah, I didn't. Know oh, that. you didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. it's only one player from LCQ who makes worlds, so mm -hmm. it just feels like. I don't know. It feels like I don't want to say it feels pointless, but it just feels like it's like so hard to make it out of LCQ that it's like yeah, it's like a roll the it, die. It's like such a big difference die. from comparing to worlds to having to play. Yeah. that was going to be one of my follow up questions as well. With one slot from Eastern, one slot from Western, I feel like these LCQs, although it's not a ton of players, uh, you know, TFT can sometimes be bingo. You can kind of just hit or not hit. Um, and so it's just going to be whoever hits this weekend will get through, not necessarily the best player whatsoever. So it'll be interesting to watch to see how those LCQ players do in worlds um, compared to these other players that played with the, you know, the wider scope. Yeah, that is really questionable change i mean i i'm assuming it just comes down to not having the slots because we have yeah they, i think they wanted yeah, to give right? like uh southeast asia like more representation yeah. mm -hmm. which is why they took yeah. away those slots uh which i mean is obviously a really good thing but it just right. feels yeah. really bad for anyone who's playing lcu like feels really yeah. bad we can't be yeah. like we want more slots take it from all of southeast asia like, sorry jose paulo you can't make world yeah. anymore <laughs> and it almost makes you want the slots to be decided by like something that isn't lcq right like some kind of other source like maybe like a circuit or like uh, like some i don't know lcq feels I feel like lcq sounds feels really bad when when it's like only the top player gets through yeah like a talent show yeah like we all just dance and then whoever dances the best gets through that's exactly what i was saying looking <laughs> i'm down <laughs> all right cle i think that's gonna do it thank you for coming on uh is there anything you want to shout out before you go I mean, shout out to all of you guys. I feel the most confident I've ever felt in NA, and I will be just as loud on Twitter. So, you know, I'm rooting, rooting for you guys. Go follow this man. Drop the, drop the, <laughs> drop the tag. All right. Well, uh, at at yeah, CLE underscore TFT, I guess, if you'd like to follow me. All right. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll catch you later. See you guys. All right. We'll move right along.
I actually, I'm going to be honest, have not been doing a great job of reading everyone's takes, so I'm just pulling people. So I hope that these are... Well, I'm glad we have so many takes that like, there's an option. Well, there's <laughs> not that awesome. many. I just, you know, I'm talking too much. All right, Demasian Raptor is here. Uh, Demasian Raptor, hello. The, the moderator, I feel like, of everybody. He's in every single Twitch chat at once. That's right. You know what's really <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. funny? Yesterday, I was streaming for the first time or streaming to a white audience oh, for the yeah. first time. And someone was like, wow, this is the first chat where Dismasian Raptor isn't in it. And then Dismasian Raptor is like, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like 20 people. Foden hadn't uh, made it me yet. And he, he was just there anyway. Amazing. All right, well, Dismasian Raptor, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Israel and I have uh, two questions. Uh, right. So for everyone, um, how does the tournament, uh, tournament bubble meta and uh, everyone kind of uh, contesting each other uh, affects your uh, gameplay? Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. So I was playing AD Flex, which was the less contested line compared to the TF. The, so I, I think people were either tier start or both start. I, I know Dish, I was just reviewing Dish, so I know Dish was starting tier and playing TF and in a million of those games that he bought for and it was just, he couldn't hit TF2 because he was contested like three ways. Um, I think it you could have done the scouting. I think we, I didn't know TF was going to be such a hot commodity until I started playing scrims on Wednesday, like right before, and I realized that TF was, well, one, a line I had to learn, but two, not the line you want to default on because everyone was going to be playing it. So it's definitely like something you should think about um, going in. Like you, like a, a player of Dish's caliber not making it because he played lean too hard into TF is pretty pretty sucky. Wasn't the I, final game of the of the tournament like three people took any Augman on two one? Yep, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do think like like overall player base on the tourney like. It was definitely AP heavy, but I think by the time it got to the final lobby, like it almost felt like it was actually more of an AD, like yeah, AD players. Yeah, people played AD advanced because they weren't contested. Yeah, mm. and then and then it kind of like felt like it, it should like swap around. Where like in the final lobby, like I think I played a small center game and I was like uncontested TF and I just missed anyways. Not think of it. So yeah. <laughs> I, I played my two, I played my two TF games in the final lobby. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't touch it once b before because everyone else was already t uh, playing it, so I never had the angle. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Kind of an adjacent question, actually. Um, uh, re replay since you were prepping with uh, Ripple and D-Pay, did you feel, I feel like you guys were contesting each other's units? I scouted it and you guys just placed so much gin. It definitely felt like that because, like, so I really liked, like you said, all the AD players were playing recurve, but like, I personally like playing eight. AD flex with a, with a sword, and I just like play towards like DB a lot of times, and I can just play a bunch of different carries off of that. Um, but like that was kind of Ripple's game plan too, because like we prepped together, <laughs> and like DK was a little more flexible. But like at, by the time we got to the final lobby, he was like, "Wait a second, all these AP players are not playing that well. Maybe I should just also start sword and play some gin." And I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> this prepping thing was good to get to the last day, but now I'm thinking of it, it's like." Oh, we're in kind of a weird spot here. <laughs> yeah, I think it ends yeah, up being like, like, like the game. Like you have to play flexibly, and I didn't end up playing that much gin on the last day. But like, yeah, it's, it's a little suspect. There's a, a lot of value in knowing what the lobby likes to play, just in general, and just like being able to play stuff that's that's not that right. Like in set six, uh, like early set six, the tournaments were 
Um, but like the, what, it was like day one, all like six games of one lobby. Day two, six games of one lobby, rather than the lobby switching up. And so, like one of the things I think gave me an edge back in that situation was that I would always just like see exactly what everyone likes to play, and then just make sure that every line, I, like my default lines, were just lines that were not any of those, so that I was never contested. Um, which like, you can do that in like kind of a final lobby situation too, right? Where you can see what the other some people are playing and do like, okay, well I can avoid this line, this line, this line as long as I can actually play the other lines. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so okay, <laughs> so I'll go to like the second part of the question. Um, I see a lot of uh, NA are uh, relying way too much on like the stats and like uh, making a decision even mid game, uh, relying on stats. So I'm gonna ask uh, how flexible and how open are you willing to play uh, in your tournament games uh, to take uh, untraditional uh, lines, kind of like uh, Spetong going uh, Mac Echo or Apis going McRaven or uh, the two Cyclone games? How open are you to do it? I mean, I wouldn't think it that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I play everything. Um... So I'm definitely open to uh, unconventional things if if I if I understand it like if I understand the spots where it's good then I'll pick it but I'm not going to like go in blind like I'm not I'm not a cooker on the fly if that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like we haven't heard from you but I also I did uh, check out a little bit of your stream today and it did seem like you were cooking up some some new stuff. Oh, yeah. How, how open <laughs> no, no, do you feel I'm, like you are? Okay, like. Uh, usually on stream, like I just end up like playing for fun a lot because like my friends are like in chat and they're like telling me like yo you have to like you have to take this all like, yo you have to like take gold admin here like that kind of thing so I just end up like uh, like not playing the game too seriously on stream. Uh, but yeah, in a tournament setting, I would say like I, I rely very heavily on stats. Like I'm a very big believer uh, in stats. Um, but at the same time, I have lines that the stats would say are bad, but I think are good. Um, so like there, there's like certain lines that even though they're like not good statistically, like I would be like happy to play them. Mm -hmm. Replay. What do you think? I, I kind of think a lot of like 95% of the time the stats is right. Like, and then it's just, you have to be able to identify like the 5% where like, like your spot or something changes it. So like the stats are actually lying to you. I so think I only look like, at stats like one in three augments or, or fewer. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I personally, like, usually when I'm playing a game, I have a second monitor and, like, the stats are already pulled up. And like, I don't really use it all that often. But, like, if I've ever, like, I see two augments that are really close and my spot are really close, I look at the stats. They're also really close. And, I, and then I'm making my list myself. But, like, I do think they're helpful. I think the, the future of TFT is when we play on LAN, we make everyone play on an iPad. That we know that no one is looking up stats. I'm, I'm, I am genuinely curious, actually, how banning tactics tools, meta TFT, etc., would affect regionals placements. Because I actually do think that it would shake things up. I personally don't think it would make a big difference because everyone playing regionals has played so many games that like they already know their stats in their head. Yeah. Like. Like, yeah, I think, I I think everyone would just make like a conscious effort to like go and memorize like everything beforehand instead of just like knowing that they can look it up on the fly. Like I don't, yeah. I don't actually think it would change much. There was a uh, there was this moment on Don't Talk If You Don't Know their last episode where they they were talking about this question of like what was the most balanced patch of regionals, um, and Frodan had or I think it was Frodan someone mentioned that like set three was pretty balanced. 
um, re-replay, you actually were there. I don't know how, how much you remember about it, but what what I thought about instantly was like, okay, well, in set three, we didn't have tactics.tools. We didn't have meta TFT. Like there were no stats tracking things. Like I guarantee you it was not as balanced, but it was just a lack of information. Like I think that if any of the old sets had the, the resources that we have today, the meta at any given point in time would probably change wildly. I mean, obviously sparing like completely broken points in time where, where something is clearly stronger than others. Um, it's crazy to think about like how the lack of information changes things. Also, I thought that was crazy when I started playing the set because I, I didn't realize people had stats when I started playing the set. So I was just playing like- How are they so picking, good? Yeah, I was just picking random stuff. <laughs> And then at some point, like, I don't even know, I was like, watch the stream or something, and they pulled up like the stat page. I was like, wait, what? Like, people are playing with this? <laughs> and I was like, I was like looking at the stuff I thought was strong. I was like, wait, it's, it's not that good. Are you, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so when did you actually, and I'm, I'm sorry, Demacian, to kind of pull, pull away from your, your take, but when mm -hmm. did you actually take a break and come back? You might have mentioned it earlier, and I'm just blanking. Uh, so I, I played set three, and then I haven't really played like much besides that. I think I played like maybe almost a month in, in set six, and like maybe like a few games and other sets, but like nothing, nothing crazy. What what is it that actually made you come back? Um, I don't know. I, I played a few games in set A. I thought it was like really interesting, and I was kind of tired of working, so I kind of just quit my job to play TFT. Yeah. Really? Can we take those? All right, I feel like we need a longer conversation about this, so I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna to be, pause to be fair, here. I didn't, I didn't quit my job to play TFT. I more so quit my job and then at the same time decided to play TFT afterwards. I see. I see. That okay, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, um, Demasi and Raptor. I think uh, I think we we covered your question. If you do, you have any yeah. follow up you wanted to ask? Uh, no, I uh, just wanted to shout out uh, you, Apis, uh, Boises, EGC Sport, and like Mordog and the TFT team for doing so much to the community and giving us uh, the best of all. And uh, good luck to NA. Uh, oh, yeah. Shout out to Jeff Bookmark and good luck to NA, but uh, you is going to win one. Uh, boo, get out of here. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> 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 See you later. He is all the right. number one Joe Bookmark fan in, in the world, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, he, That's uh, he, he, he means like the... That. Like, he's like, like basically running around like the equivalent of running around Twitch is like a megaphone, like just talking about how good Joe Bookmark is, which we take those, you know? He, yeah. I mean, Joe Bookmark almost able to make final lobby at TC3, right? Like we don't just hand those out. <laughs> New Jersey's too stacked, baby. <laughs> All right. We've got, we've got one more take in the waiting room. Let's pull that in. All right. Mr. Incredible is here. Mr. Incredible. Where are you calling from? I am calling from sunny florida all right what do you want to talk about guest. all right uh it's, it's actually a pretty good follow-up you already touched on some of the stuff already uh and i know you guys are already like talking about camaraderie and then also like this sort of i don't know middle school dance dynamic where you like might plan prep or you might not like someone just has to take the initiative <laughs> 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 how much how much maybe like secret tech are you willing to share with each other i know a lot of the times people go into tournaments with some like hidden tech i know demasian mentioned cyclone was played a couple times we saw cleansing do well uh on earlier patches when it was worse data wise um so yeah i was just wondering if you have any hidden tech and if you're willing to share with the other world's reps to uh, get any any of the dub or if you're going to hold on to it 
But don't leak it on stream. Yeah, don't, don't leak it on stream. But here. if you're, <laughs> yeah, don't make it that public. But you know. Oh, think... personally, like, oh, sorry, you can go ahead. No, go go ahead first. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, like, personally, I like never hide tech. Like, I would rather like talk about what I think is good with other people and make sure it's actually good before like getting <laughs> tricked by my own tech and like getting baited by it in a tournament. So like, I like never hide tech really. I'd rather just like uh, show other people and like talk about it and like uh, talk about whether it's actually good and like have other people test it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel the same because like going into day three, like me, Ripple, and Dplay, we all like were vibrating our games, and like like in my games, I was I was doing things that I thought were strong early game, which like I don't think other people were thought they were strong early game, or like I did things that like looked questionable, but I thought like had good reason to do, and like they end up like they liked it too, and they're like, oh, I might do that tomorrow or something. I was like thought about, it. I was like, wait. It's us three in the lobby tomorrow. I don't, I don't really want you to <laughs> use my tech tomorrow. But yeah, so. Um, Mr. Spreadsheet I mean, speaks. For, nah, I mean, for me, tech is like knowing specific lines. And I think you you could get confused by too many lines. Like, it, it is a skill that I don't think you can just study. So I, I'm willing to re release tech. People who confuse themselves. Uh, someone was uh, joking that I should uh, put Wind of the Wander on top of my... Um, spreadsheet and just release it and pretend like I think it's good because it's not. Uh, uh, I had a rant about Riven on stream also. I could also write Riven is a great unit and you should buy and play a lot. Um, that, re that reminds me, today uh, to Lights, like we were playing together and he, he bought like a two-star Riven on, on uh, like, he had a two-star Riven at like 2-1 or something. And I was like, you just wasted 10 gold. And I was like, you lost yourself the game you're going to buy for this game. And he was like, no, my spot is insane. And he ended up going fifth. Yep. <laughs> that unit sucks. Like he got um, out too. He got like MF on five and everything, and he went fifth. I was like, you just don't have any money for the rest of the game. Like you can't play it. Yeah. So I'm definitely willing to, and also I'm not really playing for just myself. I think it'd be really cool if any of the enemy players uh, do really well. So I'm definitely like, everything is out, and also. Even though I won, I do feel like I'm a lesser known name and I'm not even sure people want my tech. So I'm like, if you want it, come get it, right? Ask yeah. me for it. But I, don't, I, I won't force tech it upon you. <laughs> Duke, you at the forefront of trying to bring NA together to defeat the team. Yeah, Titans. I'm like the old guy. I'm, I'm big bro, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was saying like, oh, these guys are kind of quiet. Maybe they're just nervous because they're young. Froden uh, <laughs> uh, started the, the chat. Um, earlier today and I was like, hmm, no one's really talking. I was actually going to ask if there was some sort of like official group chat or discord server of like world's players. Is it just the competitors or is it like the North American? I don't even know. Like the like crew, brain, the, like brain trust. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. All the I brain, wanted brains brain in North trust. America. I, I want to pick this brain on everything possible because I think that man is a genius. So, um, I wish I could get him, but uh, we, it's right now, it's just us and um, the, the don't talk if you don't know guys. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Mr. Incredible, was there any follow up that you had or anything else? You uh, want to talk um, about? I mean, not exactly. I know Wajin had a stacks on stacks game that ended in a sixth, which was like kind of sad. And, but then Re Replay was reviewing it and he was talking about how he likes to play hacker with the line, which is like, I don't know, like, when do you even play that like to begin with so like I, i'm just wondering it's not even follow-up it's just like yeah i'm just interested to see if we see any weird line like that come out uh, at worlds 
think I they just like... came on air and leaked the hacker and NASA stack like that. Yeah. 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 I've already played it. Yeah. <laughs> I played it in a solo queue game. It's, it fits really nicely because, you know, Riff Walkers, it fits. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, like, exactly. why are you even taking stacks on stacks to begin with? But like, if you have a line to play with it, then... And do you think going back to the previous thing, like how, how much do you trust stats? Like I think that's one of the examples where like you look at this augment stats and it looks awful. That's because 90 people are not playing it this way. I think it's like Hacker Nasus is actually a pretty reasonable comp to play. And like, I think I would take it in Tyranny from a reasonable spot. Um, I think Weishin kind of liberaled his game, to be honest. Yeah, agreed, agreed. We also saw someone play not a stacks on stacks game, right? So who, who was it that re-rolled Nasus without Stacks on stacks. You guys know what I'm talking about? It was Darchomp. I, I yeah, heard yeah, yeah. it was Darchomp. I, was, I know Roby also did it during Mech Cup. It was Deathblade oh, Rans QSS 6 mascot. With, but uh, he was it, mathematically eliminated, so I thought he was trolling. But maybe <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, I think the, the Garchomp line worked because he had basically he ended the game with like, like, uh, like it was basically just like a, a normal. Riffwalker board with a Nasus three and six mascot because <laughs> yeah, he, he basically just nattled the Nasus three and then like he had Vex three and like itemized Jin two as well. It was like a crazy board. Sully, I feel like you and I kind of come from similar. I mean, I don't feel like you and I do come from similar backgrounds in the sense that we both kind of come from Smash, where like camaraderie and like regional pride is like a very real thing. Do you actually feel like in a hypothetical world where like you actually make worlds as sad, or inevitably when you do make worlds, do you actually feel like that's something? you personally would feel do you think you would feel more of that camaraderie than we've seen of of previous reps um i don't i don't really think so <laughs> i like i don't actually talk to many people in the uh in the tfts i don't actually i don't have, like a study group or like like um i have, to have some good friends in the scene but like i don't feel like i i think I, I, like similarly to, to these other i don't feel like i am like oh man i'm an na player you know like i just feel like i play tft um so I like as much as I like to say like hell yeah like, like crew battle vibes and you know like let, let's go you know <laughs> the NA versus EU crew but I, I don't think exactly exactly how I how I feel. One thing I notice in on ladder is that some people are really down to banter and some people aren't. Some oh, people are like why are you yeah. talking <laughs> mute all, uh, <laughs> uh, and then like <laughs> socks was like, like bantering. Yeah, yeah, everywhere these days. So. <laughs> Definitely, that um, meta of deafening it does not help camaraderie. Oh, wait, wait, weren't aren't you someone who deafens onto one Juq in tournament? Oh, tournament, I did. <laughs> I did. I did not for any other tournament, by the way. But to be fair, I didn't know what the command was. I was like, "What is it? Mute all? It doesn't work." <laughs> um, but I was I was locked in, so I I deafened. All right. Well, oh no, no, actually, no, no, no. The reason why I definitely, <laughs> the reason why this, this, this is spicy. I was tilted in Mech Cup because um, Dish. So I was contested Yasuo, and Dish told everybody to hold Yasuo because it was contested Yasuo. And if everyone just holds one or two Yasuos, then we're we're going bot two, right? And maybe that, like that's the right play, but like I don't think it was even legal to tell the lobby to do that. Uh, like everyone can come to the conclusion on their own, and that's fine. Uh, I like misplayed by picking blind, and the other guy picked blind really fast, and we both ended up in that spot. But like I was kind of tilted because he said it in chat, so I was like, "You know what? I'm just not gonna see it, even if he says it next time." So I I I deafened now. Well, yeah, it was a deafened diff. Once you deafened, you won the tournament. 
So thank you, Dish Soap. Um, yeah, I actually think there is a, like some value in like muting during tournaments because like I mean the one big thing is like if you click think fast and like people are like I mean I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. like what what you think of this play but like you could like start like spam pinging their board <laughs> and, like they either have to like stop their think fast to mute you or they like it, it's like really distracting which is like yeah, oh, it's, like, kind of a scummy play but if, if we're out in the same lobby <laughs> and uh, we see someone pick think fast like a Chinese player we all go onto the board with our little legends <laughs> and start spamming emotes because you can't mute that. <laughs> oh, nice. That's, yeah, see, that's the dark tech we were talking about earlier. Yeah, this is the hidden tech. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other hidden tech is like uh, when someone's cashing out underground, like you just go stand on their items. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> what were you going to say? What you do is like the, the Malphite Chibi is like, like kind of dark in color. It's like hard to see through. So if you stand on like uh, your bench with it, during a think fast turn, like you actually can't see the unit behind it. So like, oh, if you get like three people, like four any players to do that, like you. Why do like, you know this? Like, <laughs> like, I know this because like there's one time one guy was streaking with it. He had like a really light one. Like some reason he was just on my slots. Like while I was rolling on like four one or something, I just couldn't play the game. Like I just like I wanted to hold some units. I was just like, what what unit is behind this? I just had no idea. I couldn't play. We figured out how to beat China. This is it. We've done Dude, it. At that point, just fly to their house and just fucking break their computer. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. Incredible, I want to thank you for allowing us to discover the tech that NA needed to win world. But is there anything you want to shout out before you go? Yeah. I mean, I, I also come from Smash uh, before TFT. So I'm, I'm like very well aware of the even just like watching Mango versus Leffen in person and like hearing USA chants, it feels yeah. sort of uncomfortable to like hear a crowd of people like yelling USA at a European player. But uh, when I'm watching from home, I'm definitely going to be uh, doing that. So just shout out to you guys. Uh, I can hope any rings at home. That's it. Oh man, I'm just waiting for the day where like one of the, like TC4, we have an international play, like Weijin comes yeah. from Canada and he's in the final office, a tri state player, and everyone is chanting USA. <laughs> we can uh, only dream. All right, Mr. Incredible, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to shout out before you go? No, that's it. Yeah, just uh, hoping any can bring it home. All right, thank you so much for, for coming on. We'll catch you next time. All right. Well, I'm going to call it there. We do. I did see we had another take, but it's already not 930. I want to respect everyone's time. So let me just go ahead first. Thank everyone. Seriously, Weijin, Juku, Re-Replay, Setsuko, obviously not here. But thank you three for coming on. And congratulations to all four of you on advancing to the World Championship. Um, every set, it is so exciting to see our representatives. And maybe you don't feel that camaraderie. But I mean, as a viewer, we definitely feel that with looking at this group of representatives and saying like, this is who we're sending to represent us. And it's a really, it's a real tangible feeling to have that sort of fandom in the game. And I'm very excited that all four of you are, are, you know, sending a sending or going to worlds to, to compete for us. Appies, I don't know if you had any, any thoughts to kind of close us out. I think he, and he said it about as well as, uh, as anyone could. Yeah. It's going to be a really cool world and I'm excited for the people that we're sending. What I'm going to do first before we go is just give you three the floor. Uh, if anyone, do you want to just give your some closing thoughts to kind of round out the show? Asian, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, sure. Like, uh, thanks for having me on today. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of like interesting questions to talk about. Uh, and also nice to meet like QQ. Never really talked to QQ before. So that's nice. Uh, can I show myself out or? 
Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, all three of you, please give give all the platforms where people can find you. Oh yeah, sure. So uh, I'd like to show on my Twitch, like uh, it's like Wajen Iverson underscore TFT. Uh, I've been streaming recently, and uh, also my Twitter, it's just like Wajen Iverson. Yeah. So thanks. All right, Juke. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's super fun to uh, come on and like do the sort of post regionals like rounds with all the different podcasts. I I think my head's been so in, in TFT, I can't do anything but talk about TFT and it's been silent recently. I'm like just letting it all out here. It's really fun. Um, so that was great. Uh, and I'm streaming a little bit, but not to stream just because it's post regionals. Some people want me to, to see me streaming and I'm doing it for them. Um, I used to stream a little bit of double up. Shout out to double up people. Apparently, Hong Lian uh, was the double up champion like back when that when they had that one tournament for double up. Uh, so, uh, just saying, double up is where all the good players are at. Yeah. All right, we replay. Uh, quick side note though, I, I haven't played much double up, and then near mid set, I, I played a little bit of double up, and then I realized since mid set, I, I've got a lot better at the game. Just saying, like, yeah. it doesn't seem like a coincidence. Um, All right, actually, let me plug something more. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Uh, the reason why I think double up made me slightly better of a player, I'm not like that much better of a player, but like, slightly better, is that double up is so much about win con and uh, tempo. Because uh, there's only four groups in the in the game, there's one person who is winning out, and everyone else is playing for place for for the top four spot or the top two spot. So you really have to know what your position is and what your power spike is supposed to be to make sure that if you're not the win out, you are the um, the the fourth place. Uh, so like really not just ignoring the tempo of the lobby is kind of important. Uh, and sometimes when, if you are in the win out spot, you have to deny someone else's win out. Which is also really important in solo TFT. So, like, I think there are like real tangible skills that uh, are much more in, like in play in double up, but like you can actually use them in in solos. And, and another double up, I think, which makes the game kind of good also, is like I think scouting, like like so, like scouting in normal TFT, you can get away without scouting the whole game. But if you actually want to be a good double up player, like you have to be able to know what your board is and what your teammates' board is, like what they want at all times. Like you don't want to be like just talking back and forth. Like you want to have a good understanding of what you're both looking for. And like if you hit some early game units, like like what they're looking for, like so you just don't roll past and things like that. So like it kind of makes you more aware of more than just your board, which you can kind of get away with in solo QT in solo TFG. TLDR just played double up, I think. Yep. <laughs> Do you have any other anything else you want to shout out? Replay uh, where uh, where oh. can people find you? Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, people can find me. I don't really use a Twitter, but like I started streaming. I'm going to try to stream like every day. It's on re replay TFG. All right. Well. Thank you again for all three of you coming out. Thank you to everyone who was watching. Today was a really lively show, actually. Hopefully we can keep up this momentum because, you know, it's a lot. It was much more fun when we got a, the chat going and people giving their take. So um, if you guys want to support the show, make sure you you subscribe on Spotify and anywhere you find your podcast. You can check all of this out on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash gangly TFT. Forgot about that for a second. Um, and obviously on, on the podcast app or on Spotify, rate of five stars goes a long way with helping in discoverability and things like that. Um, so again, thank you everyone for watching. Appy's, uh, I, did, I, did you do your shout out? You actually didn't, right? Is there anything you I want did, to shout I, out? Yeah, I want to shout out you. I, I think uh, people don't necessarily, some people realize, but you know, uh, you really pour your heart and soul into making sure people have good, good TFT content and 
you for being a great host on this. So thank you. Appreciate it. Sure I feel like I'm comments say thank you too. <laughs> I'm getting gassed up a little too much t- tonight. It's not good for I, I work best with uh, with, with ego. ego. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I need someone to break me down a little bit in the comment section. Thank you very much. Uh, but but again, thank you everybody for watching episode number twelve of Hyrule Radio. We'll be back probably sometimes after Worlds. If you just if make sure you follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/slash Hyrule Radio to know when the next episode is going to happen. Make sure you join my Discord and get all those notifications. And I think that about covers it. I have more content coming out on YouTube this and next week, so make sure to look out for that. And that's going to do it for episode number twelve of Hyrule Radio. <laughs>